It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Untold Story podcast. It's great to have Neil Sean with us today, royal expert. Neil and I have known each other a really long time, going back to, I think, the coverage of uh, the anniversary of Diana's death 10 years later. So that that's quite a while ago, Neil. Uh, thank you so much for joining me again. It's a pleasure, Martha. It is. And, but, and we're still only 24. I mean, how do we do it? <laughs> uh, exactly. How do we do it? Um, you know, I think there's a, a lot to sort of uh, reflect on with regard to the coronation. And I wanted to dig right in on that. What, what do you think? You know, I keep thinking about Charles's face and at times during the day, he looked kind of like that crown was really heavy on his head. Yeah. And then there was that sort of nice smile at the end. And I'm wondering what you think the takeaway now that it's all kind of settled in with the British people. Well, the British people love, you know, the ones that loved it, loved it. You know, there's always naysayers and distractors and and stuff like that. I actually feel that, you know, I was talking to someone very close to the king and he was apparently very emotional, but not emotional, uh, and I don't mean this in a nasty way, but about the situation he was in. But really, it's still very raw for losing his mom, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it was an interesting thing, actually, that William, I remember saying, um, you know, nobody really wants the job because it means someone they love has gone. That's right. And I thought, actually, that's an interesting thing, you know, because everybody talks about when you get the job, but you have to lose somebody to get the job, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think really Charles is still, you know, uh, very, very raw from the the, uh, passing of the Queen, as we all are. And I think there was a lot of that. There was a lot of sadness in his eyes, you know. While he looked happy, he took it very seriously, but I think he was very, very sad at points, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting, you know, we talk a lot about how old our president is and he's running again. And, you know, Trump is also, you know, in his 70s. And you look at these men around the world sort of stepping into the world stage uh, in a in a big way. And I thought that, you know, I thought the last time we saw a coronation, the queen was 25 years old and he is the oldest monarch ever to take on the job. Is there talk about that in the UK? There is. I mean, as ever, you know, your insight's clever, Martha. I mean, the, the bottom line is people, it, it's a funny thing to say this, but a lot of people, there was a bit of reticence about people saying, why are we spending so much money when at best we may only get X years? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, you know, as you rightly just said, the Queen was 25. And so obviously a full life ahead of her. Uh, but that's how the job goes. That was the same with Edward VII. You know, Queen Victoria lasted a long time. Mm-hmm. He had a short reign. Um, but I think, you know, the feeling for King Charles has been very positive. Um, he, you know, his rating has gone up. Uh, people do seem to see him as a, a, a sort of a good king or he's going to be a good king. My concern is really for Camilla. I think Camilla seems incredibly tired-looking. I'm sure she's exhausted. And let's be honest, Martha, as you rightly just said there, 
in your early 70s, it's the reverse. You start to think, oh, I can put my stilettos up, relax a bit, <laughs> right. you know. And now this woman is now going to have to do lots and lots and lots of work, uh, scrutinised at every level. So while people are saying, oh, she was manipulative and everything, I'm sure she wasn't because the Camilla that I know really enjoyed a good time, uh, liked working on the charities, but now it's a totally different ball game. And if anything, she's going to be, uh, you know, working 100 times harder than she'd ever thought before. This is not for the weak. No, it certainly isn't. And and I couldn't also help but think back watching their carriage go by and Camilla and Charles together and seeing them up there, you know, these gray-haired um, older folks with the crowns and the robes and all of that. And I thought, you know, I remember when that fairy tale began with Diana and Charles and then the two boys and it kind of looked like this perfect package, right? It was just going to be this, you know, beautiful young queen, Diana, and um, that it was all just going to be idyllic. And you kind of look at the current prince and princess of Wales and their children that way now, right? And and I hope that that image continues for them. But that is the way that it was looking at the four of them back then. And, you know, choices were made along the way, right? Choices were made yeah. about not marrying Camilla or not really thinking that was the right match for him and marrying Diana, that that would be a better way to go. And then the divorce and now the rupture, the terrible rivalry and rupture between William and Harry. It didn't really turn out the way people thought it was going to. And but yet, you know, here we are. Coronation has happened. Yeah. She's in charge. I mean, not in charge, but she's, you know, at his side. And it's interesting the way life plays out, isn't it? I think it's like that song, though, isn't it? You know, love conquers all. I mean, mm-hmm. the bottom line is Charles always loved her. Mm-hmm. And it was a different time, um, you know, different uh, sort of respects. Uh, I know people thought very fondly of Princess Diana, but she did come with her own demons and she was oh, no safe. for sure. You know? And Absolutely. I think people paint her in a totally different way, you know. Um, we've seen now, you know, uh, the debacle with the Martin Bashir thing. I'm sure had she lived, she would have totally regretted that because she was completely drawn in and misguided. But, you know, time again moves on. And I, I think for, for Charles and Camilla, their destiny, you know, should have been allowed to happen. And perhaps uh, Lady Diana Spencer could have married someone more suitable yeah. for her, you know, at the time. But I truly believe that she was in love with Charles. and But sadly for him, his heart was with someone else. And uh, you can't blame people for that. We can't force things that are not there, can we? No, very true. The Untold Story continues right after this. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You know, so speaking of one thing that we I saw in this morning's paper that a lip reader uh, trying to figure out what Charles was saying in the carriage when they were delayed a few minutes because apparently William and Kate were late getting to the Abbey. And then I thought it was kind of odd if that is the case, Neil, and I know you'll know that they put (laughs) out a video of them rushing to the Abbey. You would think that. Uh, that they wouldn't want to acknowledge that, yes, indeed, they were late and kind of screwed up the procession. 
The Trump story is this. There's a story going out there at the moment that um, it was down to the three children by the sort of, um, I should say, a reporter that's very in kin to Meghan and Harry's side of things. The true story is this. There was an issue with Catherine's headdress, a headpiece, and that really is what slowed it down. Now, I'm not defending uh, girls or ladies or whatever, but, you know, she knew the eyes of the world were going to be on her. And um, the bottom line was there was a bit of a problem making it stay attached because um, she has very silky hair. Yeah. I, I can't go into too much detail, but there was a lot of hairspray apparently Martha <laughs> used <laughs> to get it to stay, you know? And consequently, it was a few seconds, few minutes, but it, when everything's running to time, um, and so I think that the problem that Charles, uh, who's a stickler, uh, for literally, you know, being on time for everything. Um, I think, you know, Camilla kept him quite calm. Uh, we know he's got a bit of a, a, a slight temper. We saw the pen gate situation, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think when you saw all the signatures now, the poor Eckery, uh, Major Johnny Thompson, so nervous. <laughs> but he's giving the pen, you know. He must have tested right. 100 pens or something, you know. So I think that really was the true story, you know. I mean, it's not nothing, anybody, anything untoward. But it's like any big event. Somebody's always going to be behind, aren't they? So, you know, don't blame Catherine. Blame her hair and her headdress. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> been that person a couple of times. So I, I, I understand. So talk to me about Harry's situation, because it's my understanding that he was invited to this luncheon with the family after mm. and was also asked by Charles if the reports are correct. You know, did he want to be a part of the concert on Sunday night? And he said no to, to both of those. So it turned out to this yeah. be this very sort of odd in and out with no real particular meaning or movement. Well, the bottom line is Megan wouldn't allow it. I mean, you know, uh, whichever way you look at it, he's so much under her thumb. People don't understand, you know, that just the relationship. It's very, you know, a, a source who worked with them uh, very much in their charity before they got um, removed, fired, axed, whatever you want to call it, mm. said uh, the dynamic is very strange because there is he, the most, um, if you like, the famous guy in the world, uh, sort of kowtowing to this cable TV actress, if you like, mm -hmm. uh, and what she says goes. And he's apparently quite willing to go along with anything that makes her happy. And, um, you know, basically he felt he'd done his duty. Uh, he turned down the opportunity to have one individual picture alongside his father in the robes, uh, seemingly because he didn't want to be next to Camilla. That's uh, terrible. And I think she was a terrible situation, isn't it, you know? It's and she terrible. would have forgiven that, you know, just because she wanted uh, to make the king happy. You know, I mean, obviously it's his youngest son. He turned down the opportunity to be at the concert. Um, and I think the idea, actually, Martha, I don't know this 100%, but I do know the concert, you know, was the, there was an open gate for that one. And I think they wanted him really uh, initially to come on with William and say a few words, mm. which would have been made perfect sense. You know, William's speech, then he brought Harry on and they both thanked their father. I thought at that point, uh, William, uh, I was there at the concert and I thought that William looked very, very like he was ready to choke up because he knew that this was a pivotal moment in history and suddenly one of the king's sons is not there and couldn't even be fagged to stay long enough to, to uh, give him the you know the credit for the concert so it was a um a terrible but do you shame. think william really wants him there because isn't the the feeling that william of everyone is is the angriest at his brother and the pain that he has inflicted um do you think william would have wanted to stand up there with him you know what um i think he would just to make the king happy 
You know, he, yeah. William and, and Charles are very, very close, obviously now closer than ever since this situation. What baffles um, the king, I have to tell you, Martha, is this. The thing that he does not understand, and I, I've spoken to someone very, very close to Charles, who said he doesn't know what he's actually done wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, he, mm-hmm. that's the bigger problem. Like, he walked Meghan down the aisle, he welcomed the mother, he welcomed the family. He, he didn't, you know, he's kind of looking at, but what, what exactly am I done wrong? And nobody will tell him, you know, so Megan won't tell him. She just reveals these idle threats to the papers, like, uh, you know, you didn't respond to my letter or I wanted a meeting or, you know. So it's almost like blackmailing the guy for something he's not done, you know. So that's the bigger picture. And I think for Charles and William, they, William particularly would put things aside in order to make, his father happy, you know, the, the, the goal in William's life is to make his family happy and his father. And, uh, you know, unlike Harry, William gets on with Camilla. He's mature enough to understand right. the real story. Right. And they actually have a very good bond. And, and I know they've talked about this, but Harry would not let, you know, he dare not. If Megan doesn't say you can do it, he won't do it. And he literally had to phone her from the Windsor Suite in Heathrow, which is the international lounge, 1,800 to use it at my point. Um, mm-hmm. And he had to call her from there to say that he was getting on the plane. You know, mm-hmm. that's how frightened he is, whichever way you look at it. it, it you know, William definitely comes across as the more mature uh, yeah. <laughs> brother. And there does seem to be a lot of Diana in Harry in terms of the sort of impetuous and emotional Mm -hmm. side. And, and it's interesting because William really did see his mother perhaps more closely and Mm. see her strengths and her weaknesses. I know that she used to speak very freely in front of William about her own romantic involvements. Uh, He was a young boy. So he definitely had, I think, more of a front row seat for the reality of the situation between his parents. Do you know what was interesting? One one paramour that... um uh, Diana had, um, uh, we'll call him a sportsman. Uh, but I was—I remember meeting with uh, the wife of this particular sportsman, and she became obsessed with him. You know, ringing him at all hours, putting the phone down, and, and you know, not leaving messages. And this is you know pre-social media and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And uh, you know, whichever way you want to look at it, Diana was a very unstable person. Mm-hmm. And what you're seeing, I think, with, with Harry is certain replications of that. Of um, almost emotional blackmail, emotional threats. If you yes. won't do it, I'm going to do this to you, you know? And yes. what, what Harry's done really over the weekend is, uh, without any doubt, he's ruled himself out of not just an historical event, but um, Meghan Markle, you know, has taken Prince Harry away from a very warm, caring, loving family who supported him through all the therapy, all the drug problems and kept it away from the media and said, these people are bad. Stay with me. That's the only way you could describe it. Well, we'll see where it goes. Neil, it's mm. it's always great to talk to you. We're now at a point where we don't know what the next large <laughs> event will be. It could be many, many years away or not. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Neil, it's, you're such a great friend and I'm so happy to talk to you. And um, so we'll, we'll be in touch. Take good care. 
You too, Martha. All the best. Thank Thank you. you, Neil Sean, for joining us today. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.